You are listening to the Sermon Podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. We are a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, located in Denver, Colorado. And you can find out more about us at houseforall.org. Grace, peace, and mercy are yours from the triune God. Amen. Thank you, Travis. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. Indeed, Christ is risen. Now what? I want to continue with that question for our season of Easter and try to flesh out an aspect of the resurrection each Sunday. Is that okay? How many of you have heard this teeny-bitty bit of the gospel before? Yeah, okay. To be honest, I've never heard of it or read it. And maybe that is saying something. So we're going to do a little Bible study, and I will need a little participation. The Sadducees. Who are they? Church leaders? Yeah, in what aspect? Because we always hear the Pharisees and the Sadducees, they do different things. Yes, you're hitting at a... That is a core theological tenet of the Sadducees, yes. What else makes them different? Amen. So if we think of the Pharisees having the authority over piety and learning, the Sadducees get all the power when it comes to economics and social things. They are the ruling elite. They are like the OG aristocrats. Okay? And then the role of woman. The role of woman (laughs) in this particular text is to... Secure the male heir for the sake of inheritance. Marry the next brother. The brother dies, marry the next brother. Brother dies, marry the next brother. Until you can get a male child. Female child, remember, that don't mean shit. They are going back to Leverite marriage, which is in Deuteronomy. Also, it was fun, in that little bit in Deuteronomy, it also says that if two men are fighting and the woman comes forward and she gets in the middle of them, she is to be stoned to death. Yeah, it's a fucked up piece of the Bible. And this is what we're quoting, the Sadducees are saying. And notice how the women are never the subject. Even the language creates them in passivity. They are married or being given in marriage. This is not no Jane Eyre where she says, reader, I married him. Remember that one? Not not so. So it's interesting how the Sadducees seem to transition from a question about inheritance to a question of who is the real husband? Who does she belong to? Who will have her? You. It's funny that even the Sadducees are doubting. They say that there is no resurrection. Saying there is no resurrection? There is nothing but resurrection. But granted, the Sadducees did not know that at the time, 
and could have never conceived of a resurrection like Christ's. And you can bet Jesus has something to say. For you are all wrong, for in the resurrection. Jesus is not entertaining whether the resurrection will occur or not. He takes them to task, and he takes me to task. Christ is risen, so now what? We are left with two simple choices. Do we embrace a resurrection transformation of our very bodies and how our bodies are in relation to others, true freedom of our bodies, or do we continue the biases and hierarchies of our ancestors? Radical resurrection change. We might as well call it radical social change. It's hard to believe that 2,000 years later, we would be debating this very aspect of the resurrection in the highest courts of the land, in state legislatures, at local school board meetings, in doctor's offices, and in congregations. And whether you believe it or not, it is already a reality. To be honest, I had my sermon all done on Thursday. It was going to be an incredible, boisterous sermon about Christ destroying the patriarchy and there finally being full equity for all. And that's all good and great, but that whole Bible study at the beginning does nothing for my soul. It all just seems systematic and distanced from the actual spiritual dimension of patriarchy. What that system of power and domination does to our very souls. And for some reason, the Spirit did not let that sit in my being. If you can remember back to the first week of Lent, through the story of Mary at the empty tomb, Talk, one of our housemates, proclaimed that the only way to start is to start with being honest with ourselves and others and grieve at the brokenness. I'm starting to see that if we are to live into resurrection from biases and hierarchies, we must be honest about the ones from our ancestors and those from our own selves, lest we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And can I be honest, church? It scares me to make this confession, but I have a confession to make. Out of all the names and phrases you and this world could use to cut deep at my fragile trans non-binary soul, the phrases that you could call me would be ma'am, she, her pronouns, and most offensive of all, woman. Yes, being misgendered as a man is upsetting, but don't you ever call me woman. The patriarchy lives deep inside of me. As my body changes, I have been learning what it means to portray masculinity through my body. I now frequently walk around downtown saying to myself, walk like a man. No slouching, high chest, confidence in the head, pecks out, shoulders back. I get it. My posture has been effed up after two decades of weight holding me down. But why does the voice inside my head have to make it gendered? So if I don't walk a certain way with a certain posture, it's what? Feminine? Lazy? Not good? And when I try to prove my masculinity through muscles and feel the most masculine I've ever felt in my life, 
I tried to express this at the gym, and a random guy decides to say, you are not masculine at all, you are so femme. And that kills me. It seems like all my life I have been running away from femininity, in my last-ditch effort to have privilege and, dare I say, life and power in this country, hell in this world. And at the age of 27, as my body has literally changed head to toe, I have come to terms with the trauma of patriarchy that has lived inside my body, wrecking havoc on my soul and my relationships with others. The thing about systems of power and domination is that they are not inherent, nor are they natural. They seem like we can never change them, but in reality, we are the ones who created them. They may be impossible to dismantle, but we reinforce them with each and every breath with our very bodies. That is how pernicious this evil force is. It not only kills our neighbors, it kills our very souls. And I also want to name that supposed superiority and power over is also not natural to human beings. For we were naked, in genders and genitalia diverse, and we were unashamed. We were not breathed into this world in hierarchy. We were breathed into this world as interdependent and interconnected beings. Jesus, who is in the beginning as the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, all things came into being through the Word. And without the Word, not one thing came into being. What has come into being in the word was life. And the life was the light of all people. Yes, the Sadducees, the powerful elites, are wondering which husband gets to have a wife in the resurrection. We can call this the epitome of patriarchy. But right in the last verse of our gospel for today, God is not God of the dead, but of the living. Patriarchy as a system and its infiltration and demonic hold of our souls is death for us all, for people of all genders, and it must be put to death. And if Christ is truly risen, free us from the deathly chains that bind our souls and our neighbors' bodies. Give us the persistence and fortitude to tell the truth so that we can actually do the work of healing and resurrection, not just for ourselves, but for this beautiful and broken world which God so loves. And may it let it begin with me. Amen. You've been listening to the sermon podcast from House for All Sinners and Saints. If you would like to support the ongoing ministry of our church, please visit our website at houseforall.org/giving.